Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back at it again. It's another edition of the Cobb's Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella, we are on air. It's the lowdown. It's the throwdown. It's the showdown. Woo! You are tuned in, baby. Another edition the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium 2018 Watch List Show. It's a wide receiver edition. We've been breaking it down all summer long, getting you through the heat wherever you may be, and of course we're broadcasting live here in the New Jersey headquarters at Lavalette Beach. Oh my God, R.I.C. in a place to be, Rick Saratella here. We'll be joined by Joe Everett and Justin Gamble of the NFL Draft Bible. We hope to have a representative from the College Gridiron Showcase talking all the uh, latest happenings around the CGS news and uh, a lot of exciting things. Last week we told you about Story of the Underdog, the College Gridiron Showcase uh, documentary. We released the trailer there last week, of course, along with the CGS watch list. Lots of great feedback pouring in, pouring in uh, with with all kinds of nominations now. And you know what? It's never too late, cgsallstar.com. It's never too late to get some nominees in. And it's funny, as soon as we dropped the watch list, we got a whole nother wave of nominations across the nation. So we'll definitely be reviewing some film. We appreciate everybody who submitted a nominee and it takes a little bit of time, but we will get to you. We will evaluate you. And if you're worthy enough, then you pop on that college good iron showcase watch list. Of course, the fourth annual all-star event and, and, you know, between the senior bowl and the shrine game, the NFL PA collegiate bowl and the CGS, there's a lot of all-star invites to go around. So when you talk about four or 500 all-star invites in, the, in those four events alone, that's why by the end of the season, we have a watch list with about seven, 800 prospects. And, you know, this man right here, who I'm going to welcome into the show, never leaving a stone unturned. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe W. Everett. He is the director of college football scouting for the NFL draft Bible. What do you say there, Joe? Hey, great to be on, fired up for the wide receivers, and just on those invites, Rick, keep them coming, because we get on here, and there's a player I like this. You can't watch every last player, so I think that's the best part of the process, man. I love uh, just seeing those invite lists pouring in. Yeah, and, you know, please, if if you're going to submit a nominee, please send some video along with that. Now, you can also send it to info at cgsallstar.com, info at com, and, of course, RIC at nfldraftbible.com. And that goes for all inquiries. If you want to get on board, you want to sponsor the show, you want to sponsor the event, you want to get on board 
with <laughs> hype train, baby. That's what we do. Uh, over 100 players in rookie camp from the College Gridiron Showcase last year. Uh, we got 130-plus NFL scouts, 30 out of 32 NFL teams. And uh, we're just going to try and knock it out of the park once again this year. Bigger, better than ever. And we'll have Justin Gamble in just a second to break down some wide receivers. But before we welcome him on, you know, I do want to remind everybody that the 2018 uh, College Gridiron Showcase is going to be January 6th through the 10th. Uh, it's going to be January 6th through the 10th in Addison, Texas. So book your tickets now, make your reservations. And, of course, the 2018 NFL Draft Bible Prospectus also available. You can go to NFLDraftBible.com right now, and you can get your top 100 scouting reports, uh, top 100 prospects, regardless of draft class. we got – uh, 2020 vision with our NFL rankings for the year 2020, the top 10 NFL players at each position. If you're an FCS small school guy, we got legit, legitimate FCS players on that big board um, that you're just going to love. We, we graded them. We're going to talk about a D3 wide receiver that's heavily on the NFL radar today when we talk wide receivers. And, of course, we're going to have Justin Gamble in just a second. Before we welcome him on, though, we have one of the co-founders of the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. He is Craig Red. He joins us right now on the hotline. Craig, uh, last week we unveiled the story of the underdog trailer, the College Gridiron Showcase watch list show. And, of course, uh, as soon as we drop the watch list now, we're getting more and more nominations. So, uh, once again, just give everybody a reminder where they can go for that CGS nomination. And uh, it's a fun time of, year, time of year with the nominee process. This is a great time of year. Uh, you can go to cgsallstar.com, and we have a link there that says player nomination. Please go ahead and click on that. Nominate whatever players you feel are worthy, and we will start the evaluation process. No doubt about it. And, you know, wide receivers is the topic today here, Craig. A handful of guys in uh, NFL training camps getting set underway. I think rookies are reporting today, as a matter of fact. And uh, we had a bunch of wide receivers down there in Texas. And Drew Morgan, probably the most notable guy. And it was great to see that his performance – during the week of the showcase, garnered enough attention that, you know, hey, the East-West Shrine game called him up and said, hey, would you like to come participate in our event there? And he got to see more eyeballs there. One thing led to another. He was invited to the NFL scouting combine to Indianapolis, and uh, that's what the CGS is all about, Craig. That's absolutely what it's all about. I actually just spoke to Drew a couple days ago, and he is locked and loaded and, and, and ready to go. And, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because the one thing I noticed this past year with, with evaluating the wide receivers, it, it takes at least a day or two. And I don't know if they ever truly adjust, but then later on in the week you start to see the quarterback and wide receiver, their timing starts to come into play. It seems like as the week goes on, you start to see wide receivers uh, make bigger plays as the week wears on. What did you take away just from the wide receiver process, not just from this year's uh, past CGS, but we got uh, players going into training camp from uh, all three years now for the College Gridiron Showcase, and uh, a lot of players getting ready to embark here on training camp. 
Yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's a very interesting uh, dynamic in terms of what the NFL is looking for. And, I, you know, quite honestly, I don't think we'll ever fully know what they're completely looking for. But I, I think a lot of guys, as you said, during, you know, as the week wore on, they, they got more used to what we were doing, the, the practice, uh, the getting on in sync with the quarterbacks that we have. So as the week went on, I think they really kind of showcased what they can do. Um, you know, obviously Drew, I think from word go, came out and started impressing people. One of the other kids that we have going to camp, Austin Duke, just showed his absolute blinding quickness to oh, yeah. to, to, to really help himself as well. So, you know, I, I think the the real key was just those guys getting in sync with the quarterbacks and um, kind of getting their legs under them again. And, and then I think guys really started taking off. Uh, and then by the time they got to the scrimmage, I think they were feeling really good about what they were doing and uh, just continued to help themselves that, you know, that day. And, you know, even that Tuesday, I think everyone just really started helping themselves as they got more familiar with uh, with the quarterbacks and more familiar with what we were doing. Uh, I, I think they all put a good show on. Yeah, there was a lot of speed on the field, no doubt about that. And uh, Austin Duke, definitely a set of wheels as he gets ready for the Carolina Panthers training camp. Of course, Drew Morgan, who you mentioned, uh, getting ready for the Dolphins camp. I know the Dolphins have quite a few CGS alumni. And, uh, you know, Craig, before we let you go, I know we are discussing a lot of uh, – moving and shaking behind the scenes at the Cosgrid Iron Showcase. And, uh, you know, I don't know what we're at liberty to talk about and discuss or, or not, but is there anything latest developments that we can uh, let our listeners know about, or do we want to wait another week? I think we can wait another week because we have something else that, that probably should be going down later today or tomorrow. Uh, but I, I can tell you one of the, the big Developments that that we decide that we're going to focus in on this year is player recovery, and, and helping players stay on the field so they can really put their best foot forward. Uh, so I, I will drop the nugget to let you know that we are going to be the first All Star event and the first All Star game to have a recovery room. So we will have a a room dedicated to. Uh, to player recovery, and it will be manned pretty much from about 7 in the morning to 10 at night, and you know we'll have a full staff to do everything that we can to keep the players on the field, keep them healthy, make sure they can recover if they get any bumps and bruises. We're, we're going to have people there work, working them out to get the player, keep the players on the field, which means the players are going to have the opportunity to show the NFL everything that they can do without missing time. And that's a fantastic addition. So basically from the time they start the day until the time they go to bed, there will be that medical recovery room available uh, for the Cosgrader and Showcase athletes. Tremendous stuff. Craig, you're always full of surprises hitting us with the news updates. So we we appreciate the time. Short notice here I hit you this week, so always uh, uh, grateful for that. And we'll be back in our regular time uh, next week, next Thursday at noon Eastern time. I always appreciate it. Same here, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. All right, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow, as a matter of fact. That's Craig Red, the co-founder of the Cosgrid Iron Showcase and Symposium, and we will be on location tomorrow at MetLife Stadium, the NEC Media Day. 
You guys might remember a couple players from this past year's event that we had at the College Gridiron Showcase. Christian Kuntz comes to mind, one of the standout performers on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, we'll have the FCS skinny from the Northeast Conference. That'll be tomorrow, right here. You can catch it live from 10.30 a.m., till 1230 we're going to go two hours straight we're going to have all the players from the media day we're going to talk to some of the coaches chris villarreal from saint francis former nfl guy uh the wagner program is, is bringing alex thompson our fc our, our number one fcs rated quarterback we'll talk to him a uh, lot of a lot of players prospects not just for this year to be aware about but we're going to bring you a sneak peek coverage into some of the future prospects and uh, who better to do that now on the line? We have Justin Gamble, the other star of the show. We welcome him on to the hotline. And uh, Justin, just in the nick of time, we're talking wide receivers and uh, the evaluation process. You know, what was it like for you being out there, seeing these wideouts try to create chemistry with quarterbacks, get their timing down? You know, by the end of the week, we saw more splash plays. But uh, from a talent evaluation standpoint, Justin, welcome into the show. Uh, what was that scouting experience like for you? I was tough at first, man. Um, when you get out there, there's clear, um, you know, miscommunication and timing issues between the quarterbacks and the receivers. So first you kind of have to give them that benefit of the doubt that they're both working, you know, from a standpoint of they've never played with this other guy before. So it's tough just to kind of see them try and, not only beat the defenders and read the defenses, but also get on the same page with their own quarterback and stuff. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the week, like you said, you kind of got to see um, the chemistry start to develop and you got to see the real football players start to stand out. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing for me was watching which guys really wanted it, which guys were just, you know, true football players. I mean, there's a reason that Doyle Green Beckham can't stay on an NFL team, but I guarantee you Drew Morgan finds a spot at some point. And, I mean, that just goes to say that it's not just about the physical traits. Those are important. But at some point, there's that baseline. And if you have that baseline of traits um, and you also are a good enough route runner or, you know, you are smart enough, you have the hands, you, you know, if you, you can be Drew Morgan and you can make an NFL team. And I feel like that's going to be the case. Um, and that's just really you – could, you could definitely see the guys that – um, were just dogs and the guys that were real football players and the guys that just understood the game versus the guys that were just fast or the guys that were just athletic. Um, I think that kind of showed itself out throughout the week. Yeah, and I think also, Joe, interesting was, you know, when they finally got to the one-on-one portions, you know, that was always, I think, a, a, a separation moment because now you really see who wins out, and we had tall receivers. We had possession receivers. We had big-bodied receivers. We had slot receivers, speedy receivers. But I think when you take a look at the guys that are getting ready for training camp that came out of this year's event, I think at the end of the day, at some point, you've got to be able to prove that you can create separation. And I think, you know, we're going to talk about some of the guys heading into training camp, but I think that was – definitely a telling point during the one-on-ones Joe who could create separation and who couldn't and I think that was also a telling characteristic in terms of uh you know who made an NFL training camp no doubt about it I'd say three of those four guys that's their great characteristic is changing direction and creating space um and yeah just from that week that we saw it's it is tough like Justin said it's just communication, developing that rapport, but uh, 
one thing I was trying to just watch, even just what they're doing on day one, footwork, change of direction, separation, like you said, that's kind of the key. And what what you get is those good nitty-gritties when they're matching up corner versus wide out. I don't even care if they catch the ball or not. Just show me. Like, did you manipulate that matchup? Was you able to separate the ball from the defender? And that's that's where we really, I think, saw some uh, some real good receivers down there. Well, you know, you heard Craig uh, mention Austin Duke and, and Drew Morgan. Of course, Carolina and Miami Dolphins training camp. Who who are you looking at, uh, Joe, here from uh, some of these CGS players this past year? Well, I'm, I just got to be true to my eyes still. I got to give my man Kendall Sanders a shout-out. Uh, still just reflecting back on that week. I, I love the guy's body control, great hands, uh, multiple times just caught the ball within the boundary or just in the end zone. I just, you know, uh, spatially, field-wise, he understands where he's at. I think Kendall Sanders is a natural. I'm still shocked he didn't have a chance. But of the four guys that, that got a shot, uh, Anthony Warham, Illinois State, uh, for the Cowboys, I think that's a good situation. He's a really polished route runner. That's one of the things that kind of stuck out is just how crisp he was. And once again, COD, the guy just cuts on a dime. So I think uh, there's room for him there. All these NFL teams are crowded, but I like what Warren does, the skill set he brings to the table. That's something the Cowboys could use. So uh, of any of those four situations, he's uh, looking real good. And then also the last guy just reflected on the week, Gary Brown, how he didn't get uh. anywhere. But I know he got a tryout with the Raiders, but – Man, that kid flashed some rare speed uh, in Texas. So I'm still still firmly in that guy's corner. Yeah, you know, uh, Gary Brown, wide receiver, you know, sometimes player interviews uh, behind closed doors can boost your draft stock. Other times those NFL one-on-one meetings can hinder your draft stock. And I think Gary Brown might be one of those guys, uh, didn't do great in the interview process, and that's why you know it's it's uh, it's the full package when you come to the College Gridiron Showcase. It's not just the on the field stuff. People are looking. The people want to know: Are you paying attention during the symposium, or are you in the back dozing off? How do you interact with the NFL teams? I mean, it's really a lot of uh, evaluation that goes into the process. However, Joe, I will be uh, happy to tell you, Kendall Sanders. Okay. And that's another part of the thing is can you clear up some of the off-the-field stuff when you do meet with those NFL teams? Are you truthful or are you fudging the truth? The NFL teams know, and Kendall Sanders might have had some things there going on that prevented an NFL opportunity, but I'm happy to report I checked the CFL transactions wire just a second ago. I, I don't think I'm at liberty to tell you which team, but I can tell you that Kendall Sanders' agent hit me up yesterday and informed me he did sign with the CFL team. It should be announced today. So yeah, buddy. he went over. Yeah, yeah. He was actually with uh, our defensive coordinator, Marvin Jones, over with the Colorado Crush and did very well there in, in limited action. Uh, Marvin, you know, contacted some of his connections, and now he has an opportunity at the CFL. And, again, that's just the power of the College Gridiron Showcase Network is we have – people connected in the league, the NFL, the CFL, the Arena League. Hey, Marvin Jones, you know, he don't need to be coaching Arena League. He does it for the love. And then he comes and serves as our defensive coordinator for the week at the College Gridiron Showcase. And that's what you get. You build the network. 
now you have a contact person in Kendall Sanders' case didn't get invited to an NFL camp. So this man loves to play football. He went over to the Colorado Crush, lit up some defenders over there. Now he'll be playing up north, and who knows where he goes from there. But, you know, that's what it's all about. Justin, anybody else here that you want to touch base or hit on from uh, this past year's event? I was going to talk about Gary Brown, um, some of the athletics standout plays he made, but you guys kind of already touched on that. And I think one thing, the fact that you guys keep saying, you you know, you said that Gary Brown got the tryout or whatever, um, and, you know, we haven't heard anything yet, but he started off slow during the week at the CGS. Um, And I think that might be another thing that could hurt him when he goes to an NFL camp. When you go to an NFL camp, you kind of have to stand out immediately. Um, And at the CGS, it was like day – I mean, it was day one, I didn't even notice that he was there. Day two, you know, he started looking a little more comfortable. And I think it was the during the seven-on-sevens, he started making some insane plays and during the scrimmage or whatever. Um, but I think that's a big part of it is you, when you get to the NFL, there's no such thing as, you know, getting that comfort zone and then finally coming out of your shell, you got to come out right away. And uh, he looked uncomfortable from the, at the start of it, unfortunately. Um, gifted player. Hope he finds his way somewhere. I'm mean, I'm in his corner, just like Joe said. But I think that might be something that could hinder him long run. Um, Drew Morgan was one of the guys I think that just impressed me the most. He's in a crowded Miami Dolphins uh, receiving core, so I don't know if that's a spot where he'll stick. But I do think at some point he's going to find his way into an NFL team, and he's going to become, you know, something that you know, is kind of a staple for an offense. He's such a reliable guy. I think in the slot he could make a living. So he's a guy that I definitely look forward to um, make a splash somewhere. Yeah, I think uh, there's some validity to your statement because, you know, Gary Brown probably had the biggest buzz coming into the event in terms of wide receivers, uh, just, you know, talking to some of the NFL scouts leading up to the event. And then at the event, you, you know, you ask them, you know, who, you, who you're looking forward to seeing out there. Gary Brown was a guy, I think, that had a, a little bit of a buzz, you know, going into the event. And like you said, started off slow. I was one of those guys expecting him to come out there and dominate. And, yeah, the first day or two, you didn't even recognize him or know that he was out there. I think um, this guy, Ronnie Moore, out of Bowling Green, under the radar, heading into Cleveland, listen – they drafted five wideouts last year, but I think this guy has a chance to stick. Uh, so definitely worth remembering that name. Now, let's uh, let's switch gears into the 2018 draft class. You're watching. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up, Rick. Too much beach time for you. You are listening <laughs> to the Cod's Gridiron Showcase and Symposium, and we're broadcasting from the Jersey Shore headquarters. So we don't have the live stream going yet but we are now on soundcloud we're also on youtube you can find us on the all access football channel there of course rick saratella here joe everett and justin gamble we were joined by craig red earlier uh joe twitter's handle i gave out to joe w everett justin's i'm not so sure he wants me to give it out but i will gam scout g-a-m-s-c-o-u-t i'm sure he needs some more haters in his in his life and then (laughs) The uh, Cod Gridiron Showcase CGS All-Star, definitely uh, worthy uh, Twitter follows, especially if you want the, the, the draft nuggets, Justin and Joe, and the NFL Draft Bible, as good as any. CGS All-Star, always keeping you up to date with the latest news and updates there. As you heard, Craig will have another new announcement 
for next week. Of course, tomorrow, NEC Media Day live on location. And then Friday, we'll be at the Landon Collins Youth Football Camp, so you can catch our coverage on NFLDraftBible.com. I have yet to post our Victor Cruz interview. I have interviews coming with Marvin Washington, Brian Baldinger, uh, all kinds of guys that, you know, just so much content that we're working on getting up there on the website. But let's talk 2018, of course, the 2018 NFL Draft Bible Prospect is available over at NFLDraftBible.com. And when you download it, what you will find, gentlemen, zero, zero, nilch, nada, none in the top 100 overall prospects, zero senior wide receivers. So I think it's safe to say that there probably won't be a senior wideout selected in the first round, possibly day two. But, uh, Justin, let's start it off with you because our number one guy uh, came in, in in terms of positional rankings. Our top senior wideout is James Washington of Oklahoma State. We have him rated as the number 13th wide receiver prospect in the nation, regardless of draft class. And here's a guy – Big 12 media day was this week through heavy praise from Mike Gundy. If you saw Brandon Whedon uh, the other day talking about he could be the greatest wide out in Oklahoma State history, of course, Whedon played with Justin Blackman. But there's one man here to tell you to pump the brakes on the James Washington hype train, and that's why I'm kicking it off with you, Justin. (laughs) You have to throw me in the bus right away. (laughs) Right on. <laughs> well, it's not that I don't think he's a quality player. I do. Um, I see what he does. I see his strengths. I mean, he's got good speed. I don't think he has burner speed, but he has good speed. Um, he's got great ability to high point the ball and win the 50-50 battles downfield. He's got great um, body control. Uh, I don't question that. The things that I do question about him um, are his route running, obviously. Uh, coming from the Oklahoma State system, it's it's more the fact that he just isn't asked to run a lot of routes. I mean, he's running either a nine or he's running a slant. Occasionally he'll run a hitch into off coverage, and it's like, you know, I could do that in a pair of flip-flops. So it's not, it's not that he isn't a, a good route runner. He's just not being asked to do a lot of it, and that's a big deal because when you get to the NFL, you know, they're, they're not there to teach you. They're there to hone your skills that you already have and teach you, you know, help you improve on the things you already do well. Um, so that's an issue. Um, that's his speed. It's just I don't understand when people call him the best deep threat in football. I don't see that. I don't see burner speed. So there's a few things with him that I just wonder how he wins in the NFL because he's not going to be a great route runner. Um, he's a little straight line in his movements. So he's not, the, he's not Odell Beckham. He's not going to shake you side to side. He's kind of a one-trick pony at this point. So when people call him, you know, a true number one at the next level, I don't see that. He's not big enough. He's six feet tall. He's not six four. He's not going to dominate you with pure size. So there's just some things with him that it's not that I don't see a quality player. I just don't know how this guy dominates at the next level. Not saying that he can't, but his physical skill set just doesn't wow me so far. Um, If anyone has anything to add on to that, be my guess because you know it's still one of those things where it's one of those evaluations that's tough and it's it's you kind of I'm kind of waiting to see how he progresses this year and in that Oklahoma system I'm not sure how much we're going to be able to see from him 
but you know you got to go off of what you see and what the only things that you're given and that's unfortunately a small sample size when he's only asked to run a few routes so well I will definitely let Joe follow up on that in just a second, but before we do, I, I'm just curious then, who is the top senior wideout or wideouts in your opinion, Justin? My top guy right now is T.J. Chark from LSU. Uh, he's like 6'2", 200 pounds, I believe, maybe a little more. Um, he's said to run in the four threes, and I believe it. Um, the guy eats cushions for breakfast, gets to top speed in a hurry, um, and has the ball skills. I mean, you see him against Texas A&M last year going up over the middle, elevating. He can catch with his hands. He doesn't fight the ball. Um, that's one thing I noticed with James Washington. He's great at going up and getting it downfield. But on a lot of the short routes that he's asked to run, a lot of the hitches and the slants and stuff, um, when he's asked to catch and keep running, he fights that ball a lot. And he double catches. I don't think his hands are as good as, you know, some people think. Where DJ Chark was one of those guys that never – looked to be uncomfortable. He never fought the ball. He was able to run a full route tree, and he was able to do it um, with great feet, with great speed. He was great suddenness. He's got the size. I think he's the guy who could be a true number one at the next level. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully uh, LSU can get him the ball a little bit more. He's definitely, you know, had to deal with uh, some quarterback issues, to say the least, just 28 career receptions, but definitely impressive with, with what he's been able to do, averaging 18 yards a catch. And even on those end arounds, he had a couple rushing touchdowns last year, uh, working those reverses and out of the backfield. So a guy that can, you know, beat you in numerous ways, uh, DJ Shark from LSU, who, you know, listen, the Tigers have put out – Quite a few wide receivers in years past. Just go ask OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Joe, uh, Justin definitely had plenty to say on James Washington, so I'm curious what your take is and also who your top senior wideouts are in this 2018 draft class. Well, I, I couldn't agree more, actually, and that's kind of why he didn't make the top 100. I just don't see a lot of, uh, I don't know, elite qualities and James Washington, and just the senior class. I mean, I'll pick a top wideout, but he's basically going to be the skinniest kid at fat camp here. Uh, it's not a quality group. So, uh, but, yeah, as far as Washington, um, I'm right in line of thinking. And also DJ Shark, there's a lot there. It's just I want to see more. Hopefully Matt Canada opens up that offense down there, and we really get to kind of – take the packaging off of DJ Chark and then really take him for a spin this year. Uh, the other kid I like is Alan Lazard. Uh, he's just a big old kid, uh, prototype size, build like Brandon Marshall, um, really good in jump ball, dominant in short yardage. Uh, really the Iowa State coaching staff should go to jail pr uh, past and present for not getting him a QB to play with. I think that's what that's just criminal because uh, I, this kid's definitely an NFL player. I don't know that he's you know, got a lot of suddenness. Uh, he doesn't run away from defenders necessarily, but he doesn't get caught from behind often. And I just look at a guy like that, uh, X receiver, he's going to move the sticks. He's going to kill you from close within. And in the red zone, you better look out. So uh, there's a lot to like about Alan Lazard. And then I'm also curious why my man, Justin, didn't bring up Michael Gallup to the table. Uh, Colorado State, that burner out of Juco. I know it's only one season, but he's he's a good player. <laughs> All right, I love it. Well, you know, 
Alan Lazard, I mean, is six foot four, two twenty plus, big bodied, wide out, and he's pretty much going to finish with every uh, wide receiver record there is there in Iowa State when it's all said and done, you know, barring an injury. Now, uh, just to give you perspective on, you know, I don't want to say weak class, but if you're if you're looking for, you know, a dominant senior wideout class, this is just not the one and. Lazard came in as number 16th overall wide receiver prospect. And when he applied to the NFL advisory board last year, came back with a day three grade. So he's our third rated senior going into the season and he had received a day three grade. So that just gives you some perspective on this senior prospect class. Dante Pettis, a guy we didn't mention out of Washington, uh, definitely a deep threat there, replacing John Ross. And you know, you think you think this guy's going to test well, fellas? A twenty-four foot three inch long jump on the track team <laughs> over there. So uh, I de- I definitely think he's going to improve his draft stock in Indianapolis. And a guy who was targeted seventy-two times last year, I, I think he might see almost twice as many targets with John Ross gone and. You know, very good uh, catch ratio, 53 completions, just one dropped ball. One dropped ball last year in 2016. So those are your and, – and Pettis came in at number 14 uh, wide receiver prospect in the country. So there you go. Uh, great perspective. You know, you ask three different people who the best senior wideout is. You get three different answers, which uh, always makes it fun because anything can happen throughout the uh, progression of the college football season. Of course, we'll be on the road show five games. I'll be at five games that first week of the season, kicking off with uh, Hawaii at UMass. Looking forward to that one, some wide receivers in that matchup. Now, under the radar, guys, uh, you know, again, lots of variety, lots to like, uh, lots of receivers to choose from. This time we'll start with you, Mr. Joe Everett. Who are some of your under-the-radar senior wideouts? Well, this, this is where this class has strength. I believe the, the, the sleeper is kind of the group. I don't know if he's a sleeper, but uh, my action boys, Cody Thompson out of Toledo. Mm-hmm. That kid just torches people. I like the way he's run. He's not, you know, a huge kid, but he's long, he's lean, and he just attacks that ball. He can fly. He's got a good senior quarterback throwing to him so poised for a big year for the Rockets um, just over the middle really goes and gets it he also has that he just contorts and spins his body around so fast when he locates that ball I really uh, I like this kid's style and uh, he may not break all the Toledo receiving records but last year I think he set the single season yardage record so high no one's going to touch it so uh, he's definitely a name to know out of the senior class and I'm just cheating guys Pull up straight up, 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 down, down, BBAA. I pulled the cheat code, and I'm bringing out Dearness Johnson, South Florida. <laughs> Some people may call him a running back. I call him an offensive weapon. And if you ask last year's South Florida coaching staff who the best football player, regardless of position on that roster was, they'd tell you Dearness Johnson. Uh, he's a kick returner. He's a receiver. He's a runner. He can do it all. I'm confident if you coached him up on D end, he'd get out there, bend, and, and, and get a sack and force a fumble. That's just He's a gamer. Give him a football helmet, and uh, I think Dearness Johnson has a little bit of Ty Montgomery for the Packers, you know, that guy he could play either or. And uh, that versatility, what he could do on special teams, I think uh, Dearness Johnson is uh, going to be 
highly sought after in the senior class. So those would be my two under the radar. Well, Joe, I got to say, first off, anyone who drops the Metroid reference is definitely our defined school <laughs> performer of the day. <laughs> man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you didn't get that reference, I'm sorry, but that was just a classic moment in uh, NFL Draft Bible Radio history right there. Um, Justin, under-the-radar prospects, who you got for us? I got some heightweight speed over here. Um, Jester Way from Pittsburgh uh, had some mad flashes last year. Big, big guy. Uh, I think he what, he's listed at 6'2", 210. He might be a little heavier, and he might be a little taller. Um, dominated some of the smaller guys last year. Just pure size, man. Ran right through him, ran right over him, went above him. Um, has that ability to go up and get it. Looks like an above-the-rim type of player that could really kind of have a breakout year. And then watching Penn State, watching their last four or five games of the year, kind of focus in on McSorley and their bowl games and stuff like that, um, their two senior guys, Saeed Blacknall, and Deshaun Hamilton, um, both above six feet tall. Looks like they looks they both look to have a little suddenness. They have a little, little awkward stride, I guess is what you'd call it. Um, but, it, you know, looks like they're still kind of finding their way. But they had some dominant moments where you could tell there's talent there. And, um, you know, with some of the – with the, new, the Buccaneers wide receiver, Godwin, I believe, getting drafted uh-huh. – um, yeah, there's going to be some room for these two guys to burst onto the scene and become more um, integrated in that offense instead of just being, you know, flashes here and there. Um, so Joe's, Joe called it. I mean, this class, this senior wideout class doesn't look great right now, but I feel like at the end of the year we could be talking about, you know, a few day one picks possibly and a lot more day two picks than I think we think right now. Yeah, you know, uh, Saeed Blacknell, every time I hear the name, it still stings. It still burns. A uh, four- or five-star recruit out of Manalapan, New Jersey. He was all set, committed, ready to go to Rutgers. And in came Penn State. And, you know, while he has never yet kind of fulfilled his potential there, I think Justin's right on the money where this guy, you know, he could be a big-time bust-out uh, performer. He had six catches last year of over 20. 20 plus yards so uh, I think he's just scratching the surface in terms of what he can do and and Saeed Blacknell probably a, a an undrafted free agent grade going into the season would not shock me if he gets drafted uh, come April now another guy that wouldn't surprise me if he got drafted former walk-on had a chance to meet him at the AAC media day last year was unable to make it up there this year, unfortunately, but all he did was catch 95 balls for 1,400-plus yards, 14 touchdowns. Anthony Miller from Memphis, I mean, this guy just makes all the catches, the tough catches, the jump ball catches, uh, the yards after the catch catches. There's really not much that this guy can't do now. He's going to be labeled undersized. He's, you know, probably just under five foot eleven, one hundred and ninety pounds soaking wet, but this kid definitely has the speed burners, uh, you know, the jet boosters on the ankles for sure. You know, Janarian Grant, if you listen to our show last year, I won't toot the horn too much, but he did have a medical 
they gave him a, a, a sixth year of eligibility, I believe. So he came back for a sixth year medical. You know, he, I I know I spoke to some of the players on the Rutgers team. He was kind of split on whether or not he should return because Rutgers does have so much uncertainty around the quarterback position. But we talked about it on the QB preview show. Kyle Bowen, the Louisville transfer, if he is named the starter there for the Scarlet Knights, then, hey, maybe Denarian Grant can get some opportunity. If they decide to go with the freshman, which I know head, head coach Chris Ash is thinking about the long-term future of the program, well, then Denarian Grant's going to have to just make his money on special teams. And I think it was an ACL or a knee injury that he's coming off of, so how he tests could also dictate whether or not he's drafted. Of course, Jonathan Franklin of uh, Last Chance U fame playing wide out now over there for Auburn. Uh, another guy who is also going to get some special teams opportunity transferring from Eastern uh, Mississippi Community College now at Auburn, the former quarterback there. And uh, how about Richie James, Middle Tennessee State? The leading uh, returner in the country in, ter- in terms of receiving yards, uh, 1,625 yards receiving last year. Another one of these undersized guys, uh, five foot nine, a buck eighty. Middle Tennessee State. Joe Joe pulled out the maxion on you. I'm going Conference USA. Uh, just some additional names to keep under the radar there. So we do it all here on the Cosgrove Hunt Showcase Watch List including the FCS, because that's where I really enjoy, in terms of matchups, the week of the College Gridiron Showcase, nothing gets me excited more than watching an FCS guy go up against the FBS Power 5 conference school and just watching that matchup. It's, it's just really, it, it gets my blood boiling uh, anyway, because <laughs> I'm a draft nerd. But uh, FCS, fellas, uh Let's kick it off with you, Justin, some FCS prospects who are sure, there's sure to be a handful of FCS wideouts at the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. Who's somebody you're keeping an eye on heading into the year, Justin? Well, I haven't had a ton of FCS exposure yet, and the FCS exposure I have had hasn't landed me on anyone that I felt like I had to write down. Um, There are a few – where is he? There were a few guys that just kind of flashed a little bit. I believe Jared Beard from Austin, PA, um, just flashes here and there. He's one of the guys that I've seen a few times um, that looked like, you know, you, you're watching tape and you're like, oh, what's that guy's number? You jot his name down. You jot his number down um, for future reference. So that was one guy so far that I've at least put in my notes to continue watching. And I know Joe put me on blast earlier for not calling out my hometown guy, but uh, and he's not FCS, but Michael Gallup from CSU. Um, looks like a well-rounded receiver. Looks like he doesn't have a lot of glaring weaknesses to his game. Uh, I plan on seeing him live this year at least at least once, at least hopefully once. Um, but um, maybe underrated coming into the year. Looks like he could burst onto the scene a little bit, um, has some giddy-up, has some physical abilities. So um, looking forward to that, man, looking forward to that. Yeah, we definitely love the under-the-radar FCS prospects. And for that, we turn to Joe Everett, who never leaves his turn. Uh, Joe, tell me what Rocky uncovered this week. 
Well, uh, I've got one FCS player, and then uh, what would be a Sun Belt and a well, what that Shane Meters, Appalachian State. I've been watching this kid the last couple of seasons. Just a smooth route runner. He may not be FCS, but he's a guy that just I think is a gem in this class. He's uh, mastered that over the shoulder catch. He locates the ball so well. I just has that knack for finding it wherever. If it's just a big lollipop drop into the end zone, if it's uh, on a line over the middle, he just he knows when it's coming. He just, he just finds it uh, real fantastic. Is what he's capable of. He's got the one-handed catch. Um, uh, there's a reason why his nickname is Quick Six on that roster. So I think uh, Shane, Shaden Meters, oh, Appalachian State, is one to watch. And then Greg Gregory Hogan, New Mexico State, just watched a couple games last night. I like the kid's size. I like his speed. And he plays a physical brand of ball after the catch. He really has got a nasty straight arm. He's kind of reminiscent of a little Kevin White with uh, how dangerous he is after the catch and just another receiver. He understands spacing. He understands getting that uh, just – Ball's length distance from the defender. So I think uh, Gregory Hogan is a, a definite sleeper in this class. And then I'll toss it off to you, Rick, with this guy. I know he's on your radar. Uh, we talked about him, Jake Weineke, South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This man is a giant. Uh, he's a man grown now. And uh, it's just it's just a lot of body to deal with if you're a defensive back trying to cover this kid. So the only complaint I've got, man, it looks like he's wearing Timberlands running these routes. I mean, he is literally running in the sand right now. So I think that that straight line speed, it's a major concern for the pro level. But when I watch him play, and, I mean, this is no knock on him, but uh, he reminds me of Greg Ellingson, who's playing uh, football for the Ottawa Red Blacks. I think he went to Florida International, but he just uses his body so well. And uh, that's that's kind of what Weineke's going to do. It's just he is a tough cover, but, yeah, my only complaint is size there, or uh, speed, sorry. Yeah, I was, real quick, you dropped the Appalachian State reference. You dropped the CFL reference. Uh, Armonte Edwards catching balls. I was just watching. You know, I, I can't wait for football yeah, season, so I'm watching the CFL. Armonte Edwards, man, from uh, making catches uh, last week all over the field for Toronto Argonauts, catching balls from Ricky Ray over there. So, uh Definitely, if if you're waiting for the NFL action, there's a lot of talent there in the CFL. Of course, ESPN.com, uh, you can watch all the games even on replay, which is a beautiful thing that I love to do. Um, but, yeah, Jake Weineke, I mean, got to go to Weineke, got to get a Weineke. I need a Weineke sometimes. Uh, you know, when you're in a bind, <laughs> you're at the shore house, uh, you know, it's not a twist off. Sometimes you need a wine key. And this kid from San Diego State, six foot four, four year <laughs> starter, uh, some whispers he might even declare last year, but I mean, uh, over 4,000 career receiving yards, uh, 43 career touchdowns. Despite borrowing those uh, cement dancing shoes from Drew Bledsoe that Joe mentioned, he is still averaging nearly 20 yards a catch so definitely our top rated fcs player that you want to keep an eye on and dallas goder his teammate a guy we're going to talk about next week in the tight end show uh and then you know let's dip into uh d3 you know we saw ali mopart a couple years ago the uh sensation from hobart make the leap from uh D3 to, I think he's the starting center there now over there in Tampa Bay. And uh, how about this guy? Hat tip to our contributor, John Blair, for uh, putting this guy on my radar. But Brandon Shedd, take him out back. That's 
what he's doing. If you watch his film, he is just tearing people up, shredding guys out there. Now, he's listed on the school site at six foot four, two 205 pounds. You know, this is going to be, again, a case where hopefully he gets the invite to Indianapolis. What's going to be his real height? What's going to be his real speed? Because, you know, if you watch him on film, he looks like a speed burner. However, this is one of the big equalizers of the College Gridiron Showcase. You might be able to shred that D3 speed. How is it going to look when you get with the D1 speed? And and Brandon Shedd, boy, you know, hopefully <laughs> the other all-star games don't listen to our podcast, but you know, that's a guy I would really love to see this guy come down and compete at the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. Production is through the roof. I mean, they can't touch this guy. So uh, Brandon Shedd, a guy trying to make that jump from Hobart to the NFL, D3 fame. I think there's um, six D3 guys drafted this past year. I could be wrong, but I thought there were six D3 guys either drafted or, or in a rookie camp. So, uh, you know, don't sleep on the D3. Don't sleep on the FCS. Plenty of talent to go around. And uh, with that being said, it's time for our parting shots as we get down here to the nitty-gritty. And uh, just a reminder, we are now on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud. You can find us on YouTube. Plenty of ways to listen to the show, download, access, whatever the case may be. And you know what's great about these preview shows is that they never get old. Well, they don't get old until September. So, you know, the first uh, game is August 26th, I believe. That means, you know, these shows are still relevant for another month or so. So if you like what we're giving you if you like the flavor in your ear go download the previous shows quarterback we did running back we did a little cgs recap show if you want to know how the cgs alumni are doing we kicked off the first show with that one if you're just tuning in now or you want to catch this show in its entirety hey it'll be available immediately on blog talk radio about five minutes after we wrap up and of course you can download it throughout the week please do click subscribe it share it touch it lick it feel it we appreciate it all uh here at the college gridiron showcase watch list show 2018 edition Woo! uh of course we are the nfl draft bible and with that being said we're going to turn it over to our assistant director of college football scout and he is justin gamble you can follow him on twitter at gam scout parting shot for the people justin well I know we've been talking about how we don't have a lot of top-rated wide receivers in this senior class, but, people, that doesn't mean go out there and just cross off all the senior names and, you know, start studying the underclassmen. Um, There's a lot of talent in this wideout class, in the senior class, and it's rare that the seniors don't have a lot of proven, um, you know, production and standout film, but there's a lot of talent. Um, There's tons of guys that are height, weight, speed prospects that just haven't come out yet, whether that be because of their system or playing time or whatever. Um, there's a ton of uh, just unproven talent ready to be used, ready to be shown, blah, 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 all that. Um, I plan on coming out with something soon, going over some of the top senior prospects and everything. So don't write this class off. There's a lot of emerging stars that, you know, are just waiting to be – waiting to be shown off under the spotlight. So um, it's just it's one of those rare years, man, where the senior class is somehow not very proven. The underclassmen look like they're ready to dominate. But uh, don't write this class off. 
No, there's a lot of talent, a lot of guys, like you said, ready to bust out. And if you want to get a, a, a feel for them, just log on to cgsallstar.com. We have the uh, 2018 watch list up, posted, ready for you to devour. And there's a, a, a plethora of senior wideouts on that list. And, uh, you know, if you are curious who, who the underclassmen came in for the uh, prospectus, NFL Draft Bible prospectus, the number one guy was Deion Kane out of Clemson. And I know Dabo Sweeney at the SEC Media Day is, you know, everybody's talking about the guys we lost. Nobody's talking about the guys coming back. He said, I can promise you this. Deion Kane will be a household name. And uh, I have a feeling he will be a first-round pick. But, yeah, our top five rated prospects, all juniors, and I'm not going to give you the whole list, because if you want the whole list, then you go to NFLDraftBible.com, you download the prospectus, baby. But that's what we do here. Joe Everett, our director of college football scouting, at Joe W. Everett. Time for a parting shot for the party people out there, Joe. Uh, yeah, I just would like to piggyback on what Justin was saying. It's not that this is, you know, don't cross their names off, I would agree. And it's just the senior class will require a little bit more research. Uh, there's definitely good depth and players out there that – are going to make it in the league, but I would also reiterate what you said. I think this is why you guys got to go get you a copy of the prospectus to understand like where all these juniors and, and sophomore receivers are, are coming from in, in perspective and just kind of get a little better feel of where is the talent truly in college football. Uh, there's, there's a lot of better receivers coming up. So I mean, I think that's uh, why that perspective is such a, a valuable little tool to have at your side for this football season. Yeah, and, you know, we break it down regardless of draft class. We actually got six wide receivers from the 2020 draft class uh, in our top 25 wide receiver positional rankings. We even got a guy in the class of 2021, a wide receiver out of Michigan. You want to know who that is? Uh, We got that, too. So, uh, also, the 2020 vision, we took it a step further. We fast-forward, took a look into the future, Never mind, I dream of Jeannie. I dream of Ricky. Bring us to 2020. <laughs> we did that for you, too. So get that 2018 prospectus. And, uh, you know, that's going to about do it here for another episode. Balls to the wall action. Uh, another power hour in the books. Time just flies when you're hanging out with the NFL Draft Bible. Familia, of course, will be on location all week long, January 6th through the 10th in Addison, Texas. For more information, log on to cgsallstar.com. Of course, visit nfldraftbible.com. And again, you know, share, subscribe, like, do what you do, baby. Till the next time, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in and listening, all your support and love out there. Always, always much appreciated. So thank you very much for your time. Till the next time. Next week, we'll be back our same spot, Thursday, noon Eastern time. Can't stop, won't stop. It's the get down, it's the throw down, it's the show. Back at it again. It's another edition of the College Art Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella. We are on air. <laughs> 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.